in the know for Friday, September 17, the 260th day of 2021. There are 105 days left in the year. Good morning, MV, guiding you through in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook Watch on YouTube Live, and the hashtag is in the know coming up today. We update you on the latest news, headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. We'll dive into a Cougar sports report, get you ready for high school football tonight, and a big weekend for the Buckles family. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the No. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire, is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm actually doing well. Yeah? I think I've just been in, like, such a mode. Uh Uh-huh. I've been able to do things here. I'm just, like, barreling through. Like a a wedding type of mode? Well, I mean... Or just, just you got to get through them to get to that point. All right, yeah, big weekend. So, uh, here in a couple hours, I'm going to be going into full Steve Martin mode. Father of the bride just standing around with, uh, you know, (laughs) nothing nothing to do. So, uh, the eldest daughter, uh, young, young Miss Taylor... And uh, Cameron are uh, are tying the knot this weekend. Tomorrow afternoon, in fact. So, we're uh, we've got big festivities planned, and um, I guess we'll report back fully. Oh, there they are. There's the oh. the the couple uh, that will be wed. Uh, let's see. Your sugar, your spice, your everything nice. And I'm not ready to cry yet. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, how long before Dad cries? What, are you going to place bets on that? You think it's going to be, well, I cry today. That's the question. No, tomorrow? Mm, I think, I don't know. <laughs> he is a five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's a two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and the thriving metropolis of Litchfield, KY. He's Sam Gormley. And the sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? <laughs> Great when you mention that it's Litchfield today when you're playing Graves County. We don't yeah. have to drive to Mayfield. <laughs> oh, so we like played them six times and all but two have been here yeah. or something yeah. like that? You it's, know. Uh, uh, no, all but two have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah because correct, that's a correct. that's a trip. And excited to talk to you about Graves yeah. County. But I know uh, you're a big fan of Pop-Tarts, yes? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, they're not sure. your favorite. I know you, Miss Buckles, you like Pop Tarts too. I do. Yeah, yeah I mean, a, it's not like, but I'm very plain. Okay, with yeah. my Pop Tarts. Well, there's a popcorn, uh, not popcorn. Pop Tart has a pumpkin pie flavor that is out for the fall no. season. If you want to combine your holidays with your breakfast, pumpkin pie and no, no, no good for no well, good for you. All. I don't like icing. On my Pop Tarts. Uh, gotcha. Well, luckily this plain. is this is filling. So, but it's not it's, a Pop Tart. I've never seen a Pop-Tart without icing. (laughs) You scrape it off, and I guess it's still... There are seriously Pop-Tarts without icing. I have never seen that. Hey, it's the last weekend of summer, and it's going to feel like it. And it's also going to be one of those deals where if you do get a rain shower, it's going to be heavy, but it isn't going to last very long. And the greater chances uh, south of the Louisville area. So this last weekend of summer, going to have about a 30% chance of rain tomorrow and on Sunday. But uh, we talked to... uh, did got kind of a selfish personal forecast uh, talking to the uh, Wave 3 weather team, and they say, don't cancel your outdoor plans. If you got outdoor plans for the weekend, don't let the idea that you're going to have uh, a little bit of rain ruin your weekend because it's not going to. So we'll see a, a stronger cold front next week. And I I think that if I think this graphic is going to get revised pretty quickly because some of the localized highs that I was seeing for 
Thursday is the high for Grayson County and for Litchfield on Thursday. It may only be 71 on the first full day of fall. My phone says 70. Yeah, so, yeah. so there's a good chance that uh, next Friday night you might have that first autumn feel to a football game. Uh, Sam, so just uh, be be prepared for that. Oh, yeah. Partly Great to go to Muhlenberg County. <laughs> partly like cloudy, eighty-seven today. We'll see partly cloudy, a low of seventy tomorrow, with a two in ten chance of rain, and scattered thunderstorms for Saturday. No, for tomorrow, and that's a thirty percent chance, a high of eighty-nine. I don't think. I think. Um, I think here between the lakes, maybe eighty-four, eighty-three might be the high for tomorrow. Is my guess. I was thrilled to see right after the show yesterday. I ha- was able to uh, to tap into some uh, Louisville media coverage of the dedication ceremony at Churchill Downs of the new statue of uh, John Asher at Churchill Downs. And uh, I know George was there. George Lindsay was there for part of the ceremony. There were some other uh, Grayson Countyans that were there. Uh, DD obviously was there and it was just great to, it was just great to see, you know, we always, we always, uh, I used to lovingly talk about that statue at Pumpkin Center that they were building for Misty, and mm-hmm. that's been a running joke about the show. But to you know, for someone to get their start in Clarkson and then make their way through you know through here in our building, and then uh, Bowling Green, the media, and then work your way up to the president of communications at Churchill Downs, and then to be immortalized in statue form there is just uh, it's just such a. It, I was I was elated to see how many people that were from Louisville that were elated that Churchill Downs was doing that yesterday. So it was uh, it was a really great event, and uh, glad glad they were able to do it. Latest COVID nineteen totals for you: there were four thousand eight hundred ninety one new COVID cases uh, reported yesterday by Governor Bashir. Sixty two new deaths. That's about two hundred thirty five deaths over the last nine days. The percentage of Kentuckians aged thirty to forty nine who are dying from COVID has increased five times since May, as that age group now accounts for about 11% of COVID-related deaths. They, you know, they were, were not really impacted through the early months of the situation. Governor Bashir said there are less than 100 adult ICU beds currently open, but your hospital census goes a little like this. 2,453 people are hospitalized. That's down 40 from Wednesday. But 667 patients in ICU, which is up 19, patients on ventilators also rose from 436 on Wednesday to 448 yesterday. Positivity about 13% um, is what we were seeing uh, yesterday. Just It was 13.02 on Wednesday and just right at 13 yesterday. In Grayson County, the health department has reported 94 new cases since the agency's last update back on September 8th that um, there are 427 active COVID cases. I remember when we were in the neighborhood of 500. Right now we're at 427. I don't know what to do to deduce from that other than it's less. And I would I would pray that's a sign of, uh, of things to come. 81 reported COVID-related deaths in Grayson County. 68 are verified. Our incidence rate fell yesterday from 156.8 the previous day to 121.6 yesterday. So in a better direction, but when you're talking about per capita figures in a, in a county with the, per, you know, with the population of ours, it doesn't take a lot to sway that incidence rate a lot when you're dividing by 100,000. And I would also then tell you that uh, there are four Kentucky counties, Rockcastle, Powell, Whitley, and Monroe, which have incidence rates above 200. So I wondered last week, where's the ceiling? Like how, how high can it go? And uh, apparently that's how high it can go. Rockcastle had 208. Uh, Powell had 204. Whitley had 204 as well. So some super high numbers still in uh, portions of the state of Kentucky. The Grayson, the school systems that have uh, are still holding out and not requiring mask wearing in their school systems are getting browbeaten by Governor Bashir. And uh, he's continuing to plea with them to do something to do something different. Uh, as that was unfolding yesterday, Grayson County Schools released their full COVID nineteen operations plan. What I don't know, the plan makes sense to me. I kind of glanced over it, and if you have a vested interest in it, I would encourage you go find it as well. You can read it at k one hundred five dot com if you need to know the particulars of it. But I, I just think it's you know too much fine point and too much detail to really get into thoroughly today, but it talks about face masks, which we already knew. They announced that earlier in the week, uh, how they will be uh, approaching quarantines. You know, we're, we're, we're learning a little bit more about when, 
when quarantines are the right course and when they are not the right course. Early on, there was quarantine because we didn't have vaccinations as part of the calculus. But now it's, you know, the quarantine may, the quarantine may or may not be used when if, if both people were masked or not masked, if one of them was vaccinated, if they were both masked but they were not within three feet of one another. And just there, there, is, there is a protocol to those things now to make decisions. They are also exploring, they being Grayson County Schools, exploring a relationship with the testing provider that would implement something that we've commonly referring now the test to stay, which... Uh, if you want to stay in school rather than quarantine, then you go through testing protocols for a set number of days to make sure you still continue to test negative so that just because you have a positive exposure, if so long as you know, you're know you looking good, there's no reason to send you to the old quote fingers timeout for a few days because there's just so much lost produ- productivity to quarantine. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it just whether it's workplace uh, productivity or whether it's scholastic-based or a- uh, athletics-based, it just Anything, yeah. seems just like a tremendous waste of time. So um, I spent some time this morning reading through this. Yes. And I, I really agree with what they've decided. Yeah. As a mom, as a business owner, I mean, I agree. No. You know, I think the takeaway is, and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people that disagree with protocols. Um, I do think it's, I, I do think it's of interest that Sands two or three, when given the choice to make their own decision about, you know, whether there's like 171 school districts in the state, you know, 168 of them pretty quickly said we're using masks in our school districts. Yeah. 5 5 is the number five that is the total is the total that did it. So at one point in time it was a you know it was a couple and it went from about 50% and then it got high went to 90 of the 170 and then it got higher and higher and so left to their own decision making. You know, left to do their own research and make their own decisions, the overwhelming majority have opted that this is the right course, and I and I agree with it. I also think, though, that I like the ability now that school systems have the ability to more micromanage their situation. They may find where they need to shut down one school or one grade when they don't have to shut down the entire system. They've been given some autonomy to make those decisions based upon the information that's presenting itself. You know, read the data on what's happening and then react to that rather than there being one person somewhere who has to make a unilateral decision for everyone because that just not that again is not efficient and I also think that it's that it's a waste of time. But I think these things at the moment are practical and all they can do is make the best decisions they think that protects people in the in their situation. A, a report by the uh, by a state officials now says the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet is saying that Bowling Green may need yet another I-65 interchange. Yeah, I read this story cuz I didn't know when I when the road I, I because I can never keep track of which road is which. Yeah. I just know, you know, which way am I going. Sure. And that, it's in the Rich Pond area. Yeah, Plano, which Rich is, Pond which area. Which is blowing up yeah. in Bowling because Green. Because so thanks it to South, South Warren and all yeah. that, yeah. Thanks to, it's Highway 242 through there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I remember when there were two. Scottsville Road and Corvette Plant. You know, that was that was it. I actually remember that as well. Yeah, and but. so, but just look at the rapid in a, such a short period of time, the rapid rate that these have been added. So what are there, five? Yeah, I guess there are five. It depends upon how you want to count. If you count the Trans Park, you don't probably don't count. If you count Warren County, you have to count Smith's Grove. But start at yeah, Smith's Grove and count all the way down to the Warren so uh, Simpson County line. Yeah, and then so they would add this one. Do you count the interchange with I one sixty five? Oh yeah, with the Natchez. One hundred percent. It's just you know it's a uh, it's a it's because a, if you, a busy if you area. get left off of that, you get into <laughs> you know going towards um uh whoa gosh now I can't even remember the name of the city. Going down towards you can go to Scottsville. Oh, go to Scottsville. What's yeah, the, what's, uh, the city, what's the city the Bowling Green? Outside of Bowling Green on the way. Alvaton. Thank you. Alvaton. Alvaton. That's yes. the one I was trying to think okay. of. It was right there. On the, I, was, I was wanting to say Aberdeen, but I knew that that wasn't right. <laughs> Wrong direction. Yeah. A little bit better of a city. Yeah. Good old Alvaton is. 
there's some fine people in Aberdeen. Oh, I, yes. I just don't As know As I any. said, I, I really like Aberdeen because it means that I'm gone from Morgantown. <laughs> I'm sure there are fine, some fine ones. I just don't know any of them. <laughs> Kentucky has paid more than $65 million in rent and utility relief to residents during the pandemic, including more than $51 million since March. The uh, governor reported yesterday roughly $152 million is still available. If you're facing eviction, you still can apply for and receive funds from the Healthy at Home Eviction Relief Fund until September 30, 2022, or until funds run out. They're being uh, very generous uh, and benevolent with the opportunity to get those. A judge heard arguments yesterday over the constitutionality of allowing public tax credits to support private school tuition as a school choice dispute reached uh, a, a by a Kentucky courtroom. Opponents said the provisions represent a form of aid to private education through the state tax code, and that's prohibited by Kentucky's constitution. Attorneys defending the measure said tax credits don't amount to government spending. They claim the provisions are constitutional. So that is an interesting how that's viewed. Uh, All tax dollars, all government funds are generated. Well, not all, but I mean, they're generated mostly through tax. It's not 100.0%, but, you know, 99.999% are generated from taxes. So if you give someone a credit, you say, I'm not going to charge you this tax to enable you to earmark those funds to do something else with, is that a government fund? And I certainly have the ability to probably take both sides of that issue and could effectively argue it. But the court is going to have to decide, you know, I think just depending upon your perspective, you would help you determine which you feel it is, whether it's a, whether it's a tax benefit or whether it's not, whether it's a government expense going to a private education or whatever just, it might be. It's just another example of why I'm not in law and need <laughs> uh, Judge Shepard in that you know that super circuit they've got going on up there. Judge Shepard has kind of expressed he has some problems with the measure, so we'll see his ruling in a few weeks, and then I'm sure it'll go from there. This is not the last that we've uh, that we've heard of this, and it's probably not going to end here uh, in the in the state circuit court, r- regardless of what's happening. The state unemployment rate fell slightly in August. Kentucky's unemployment rate saw a slight dip in August. Uh, the preliminary August 21 jobless rate was 4.3%. That's down by one-tenth of a percentage point from July of 2021. And uh, I ran across this story, which kind of made me laugh. It, it, this guy's boldness kind of impressed me. An impaired driving uh, charge has been laid against a man who came to the attention of cops by driving in circles in a Durham police station parking lot. In Durham, North Carolina, Duke. a drunk driver it was arrested because he was caught doing donuts in the police station parking lot. Now, doing donuts is one thing. By the way, drunk driving, bad. Don't do it. But if you're out and you have decide you're going to do donuts, right, if you're feeling good and you decide, you know what I feel like? I feel like a donut. Not the Krispy Kreme kind, the laying the rubber down kind. And you go as far as deciding that you're going to drive right over to the police station and do it. I don't think police officers like that kind of donut. <laughs> No, they 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 definitely but do not. There's got to be an empty mall somewhere with nobody parked. Go have fun there. They don't care. You would think, Sam, but this guy has decided. Nope, I'm just going to deliver can myself. We, can we right. say that he was probably a, a, a tar hole fan, as maybe, we learned last week? Maybe Roger Lush would call this guy a tar hole. I think <laughs> we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Continue on Cougar Sports Report coming up here on In the Know. A company. Always on the run A destiny Oh, it's the rising sun Today is International Country Music Day So during halftime of tonight's game During uh, live coverage Sam Gormley will sing his favorite country music songs of all time That'll be a very short song special. because there is there, there is no such thing. <laughs> special segment we've got lined up for you tonight. <laughs> I guess glad, we'll be singing Wagon Wheel. Glad it's being carried on video as well. Uh, it's Apple Dumpling Day today, and it's Monte Cristo Day today. Monte Cristo as in the sandwich. No strong opinion towards the Monte Cristo. It, it's kind of a weird... Didn't you all do that for Super Bowl? 
No, I don't think I've ever made Monte no. Cristos. Were uh, you maybe considering it? Maybe. I guess it's possible. We found maybe some place where they were, some city was known for it. I Tampa was known for that. So it's French toast and then, uh, what's it got, jam? jam or jelly or? You dip it in that though, right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And then it's like turkey and cheese and there's some several variations. Some some do open face, some do, but <laughs> it just, I don't, it doesn't sound. I've had a Monte Cristo before and I thought, oh, well, that's pretty good. But when I think of a Monte Cristo, I don't go, oh, that's delicious. Okay. Well, I think saying? of. The book, but I mean, the count of yes. Sure. So, but for me, I don't like anything sweet. So, well, I don't think well, the sandwich would be that like, great for you, me. You like French toast, okay? Uh, so, Cougar football returns to uh, Grayson County High School tonight, and uh, the Graves County Flying Birds, Eagles, yeah, Eagles, Graves County Eagles, come to town. For only is this their third visit or only their second, second visit? This, so this is only is their the second sixth, visit. The sixth matchup between the two teams, but only the second time. And really, you can say that it's the first because the the last time they were here was that game where it was in the mid forties and poured the entire game. Poured rain. It was a terrible game, and it was one of those that both both teams at the end were kind of thinking, "Well, heck, did this game even really count?" Because you can't really learn anything about your team when you're playing in a mud bowl, right? Right. And yeah, obviously it did count. And Graves won that game twenty-one to ten. And Graves won four straight against the Cougars since Grace had beat them fifty-four to thirty-five back in Mayfield back twenty eighteen. You know, back in twenty eighteen when the Cougars won, um, I thought, hey, I'm going to like this relationship with Graves County. And then I've decided, well, I don't like it as much as I thought that I did when it began. Because the interesting part is, you know, Grayson County, you think of all the years of Grayson County High School, this will be only the sixth meeting between these two teams. It means they have recently found one another. And I have kind of liked the lineup. You know, I, I kind of like Graves County. I, I Other than it being forever away I was going to say, here, you're the one that doesn't have to drive there. I'm home when the game ends. It feels ends. like yes, twice that, a year now. That helps. I'm home when the game ends, so that helps. But my point is, is that from a rurality standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, for, uh, we both have GRA to start our county yeah, see, name. See, I, we're we're siblings in the alphabet landscape of, of counties. I... I just feel like we can be – maybe they need to move a little closer to us. Can they move to where Butler County is, and can Butler County go to where Graves County is? Uh, is sold, done, where can I sign up we, for that? We <laughs> even have a river. We have a river that we can throw in with the deal for Graves County to oh, come yeah. here so that we can more closely travel back and forth. So, because don't you see some similarities, though, in the school, in the size? The, you've got some media friends down there that cover. Like, What do you know about them? So, Graves has dominated this series ever since Grayson beat them back in in 2018 down in Mayfield. It's been all Graves County. I mean, right. Graves County came up here, won 21 to 10 in that monsoon game, and then won 28 to nothing, 45 to nothing, 40. I'm putting this off the top of my head, 42 to 19. I think was the score at the end of last year. So they've dominated this series. Now Grayson's just, I think, one of these things that the biggest part of this game going into tonight is that the winner of this game is going to host a playoff game almost guaranteed. Now, I mean, look, obviously things can happen, but in this, this is now year three of the district. Mm -hmm. The previous two years, the winner of this game has hosted the 2-3 game because Owensboro gets the one and the 2-3. But I think this Graves County team has a chance of being the one this year. Really? And the reason for that is Owensboro quarterback, Gavin Wimsett, gone. You know, losing a D1 quarterback. Now, they didn't miss a step against Owensboro Catholic last week, winning 35-7. to But I don't think it's completely insane. And if I remember right as well, Owensboro has to go to Graves County. So I think that that it's something that, you know, that's a tough trip. And I think that it's going to be one of those things that I'm going to ask Coach Jones during our interview tonight is that Grayson is, in a way, used to a a two-and-a-half-hour trip. Graves last week went to Bullet East, so they got almost used to a longer trip. But yeah. how does that have an impact on things? Because, listen, that's a long way. That's a long way to go. One of the reasons I think that I kind of like the – in my years, in my quarter of a century of kind of having close proximity, just from the media perspective with Cougar football, is there were years we were having to play Shelby County. There were play, years we were playing North Harden. There were – we've been in that uh, – Greenwood, bowl, you know, Bowling Green District at South times. Warren, yeah. And so the thing I like about 
this like a Graves County matchup is that it feels like it's a fair fight. When you know that you're staring up at Owensboro every year, it's like, well, Owensboro's going to win the district, most likely, because the recruiting ground that they have, like the ability to draw from. So it just feels like, like Grayson County and Graves County is a little like Grayson County and Barron County, right? You're looking for people that the landscape is similar, and that's kind of why I like these matchups because I think it bears out how your program is going and how your team is. You know, if you can be competitive and come away with a good district win against Graves County, then it's like, all right, we're, you know, we're on to something. And, and chances are, like you said, we're going to host a playoff game if you can do it. Lose this game, and you got to probably go to Graves County. Don't say that. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe, my crew is already Maybe Graves excited. County. Maybe but, Graves County no, can right. win the district, and we only have to go to Owensboro. Uh, is that much better? No. Isn't it? It's closer, yes. But no, you're right in, in the fact that I think that Grayson is closer to Graves than they are to Owensboro as far as talent. I think Graves – Barron is, is a fair comparison. I think in a way they're almost like a Greenwood because in a way in that Mayfield area, Mayfield is Bowling Green. You know, some of the best athletes yes, will go to right. Mayfield as one of the top programs. I mean, I think that they're in the top five in the entire nation as far as wins go. So I think it's, it's just one of those things. But, I mean, Graves County this year, I mean, offense, offense, offense. They're going to score a lot of points. Drake DeFritis mm-hmm. is their quarterback. Uh, Clint McKee. DeFritis. DeFritis. Okay. All right. I'm trying to He's practice saying 67 that. of 100 for over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Clint McKee is the running back. If you've watched this matchup, that's a name that you've known and probably giving Cougar fans nightmares because he's had some really big games against Grayson County. He's averaging 7.2 yards per carry with eight rushing touchdowns, and he's also had some big games out of the backfield. And then Mason Grant, last season, caught 13 passes for 312 yards in two games against Grayson County. Uh, Drake Frittata, right? My fa- da, da one of my favorite breakfast dishes, <laughs> the frittata. Um, <laughs> let's, let's not ignore the elephant in the room. <laughs> let's go back to last Friday night. Um, were you surprised at the outcome of the Grayson County Butler County game, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Okay, I mean I think it was one of those that I don't know. I think it was weird. Kaylor Decker didn't start in that game, but when he wasn't playing, they were marching down the field and scoring twice. And I think it was one of those that it's just like one thing went wrong Spiraled at the end of, of that first half yeah. where they had the fumble at the goal line and they score that touchdown. And I think that the game opens up in that instance, but I think oh, it was just one like of those the game I watched on Saturday as well. Sorry. <laughs> Go, keep going. Sorry. But I think it was one of those that it just, it, it, it's kind of spiraled out of control. And I mean, you look, they had two, they had four chances to win at the end, you know, four plays to score a touchdown and Butler County. You know what? They deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, they had good. a good game plan. It was, well, it was uh, a good game. It was a great yeah, game. It was a good game. I, and I was it, thinking back in the games that I've done football for Grayson County. Yeah. It's probably the second best game that I've had. Interesting. I I was talking with someone yesterday who didn't have a dog in the fight that ended up watching the second half of the game because it was such a good uh, high school football game that was available. So I thought, I mean, that kind of bears out when people want to watch it that aren't root that don't have a rooting interest in either one. I before we move on from last Friday night's game, though, I, I guess I do want to take um, this is a natural point to publicly say how impressed and grateful I was in the response and approach that Coach Jones brought to the postgame interview on the fifth quarter show when, you know, he basically revealed and said there's a lot more to life than this football game, and our job is to create young men well-adjusted, successful young men, and that's what we're coaching them toward, not, you know, he said, I think this is like in 20 years, they won't they won't think anything about this game. Uh, I mean, if they drill down hard enough, but they're not going to be carrying it around, but their life experiences, they will be carrying around. They will remember what they took away from participating in the program, and I just, it was such a breath of fresh air, and I just wanted to publicly be on the record to thank him and say uh, how impressed I was with his approach. I, I couldn't agree more, and I like it. And during my pregame talk a couple of weeks ago with him as well, he said pretty much the same thing, where it was just like his goal, I think it was, uh, how do you define a season as a success was my question to him. And he said that to him, a success is everybody graduates on time. Everybody's, you know, has a plan when they leave. And really, he didn't say anything about football. Yeah. He said, because so much of this is off the field. And that's really where it's important in growing. As you mentioned, young men, 
and you know into the real world. Yeah. I, again, I was I was super impressed. Uh, it's easy to be mad in that spot. It's easy to be disappointed. It's easy to be this and didn't he was, go right. One hundred percent. Yeah, and nobody is satisfied with losing, but also was able to see what the what the what but was really at stake. I also like that he said, you know, when when we win, it's it's because the kids did what they're supposed to, and when we lose, it's on me. And I always like that as a coach, yeah. you know, where you're just like, you know what, that's on me. I didn't sure. do a good enough job. Uh, let's talk about some of the other sports that are dotting the uh, Cougar landscape. Uh, volleyball kind of, are they playing, aren't they playing? They were quarantined for a while. They were back at it this week. How's the volleyball gone this week? Yeah, coming back from quarantine, that's a tough time. You know, when you're out for two weeks and then you're kind of getting back into the realm. They lost to Edmondson on Tuesday, 3-2. to two. They went five sets in that one. Lost North Harden Wednesday. Three to one, but that match was, you know, it was three to one, but all four sets were really, really close. And then last night they lost to Owensboro three to nothing. They're going to be busy tomorrow. They're playing three games tomorrow at E Town. Three games? Three games. Tomorrow? Wow. All right. Going to be busy for them. Uh, Lady Cougar soccer, I know they uh, had some losses uh, earlier in the week. Uh, Kind of run through those. They lost to Meade, Hart, and Washington County earlier in the week, but they bounced back last night and beat Butler County six to two. And they're actually going to be hosting tonight in what is te- – it's not technically a varsity match, but Edmondson County. As Edmondson County is moving towards having varsity soccer, technically they're only at the JV level right now, but the Lady Cougars are going to be hosting Edmondson County today. The Lady Cougars' next true varsity match, though, is going to be Monday at home against Hart. Was it earlier this week that it was the first ever varsity Boys soccer match for Edmondson County. I think I did read that. Yeah, I saw that this week. I, I think, think I, I saw Brad well. Johnson had uh, had tweeted that as well. So uh, adding the sports there, which you know, a small school like that makes you wonder. You, you, some people will talk about the way the volleyball has impacted girls basketball because you know you often can't choose the two. Sometimes it makes you wonder how soccer has an impact on on football and on volleyball as too because you get you know women who are playing soccer that uh, that opt to play outdoors. So it would be interesting to see how they. How they get that program off the ground. Uh, speaking of boys soccer, uh, lost to Campbellsville earlier in the week, but how's the rest of the... How, what's lost to LaRue County today? one to nothing last night. Right. They are going to be at Monroe County tomorrow at 3 o'clock. couple more losses, you think, maybe before Josh Baldwin is calling Christy Buckles saying, got to have your expertise <laughs> oh, on dear. the sidelines. Uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't confirm nor deny that. I I uh, haven't heard. I got to check with my sources. Cougar golf teams played Breck on uh, what are they supposed to play on Tuesday, or they played them no, twice. They this played week? at home on Tuesday and at on the road on Wednesday against Breck, and they are going to be at Quail Chase Golf Club in Louisville tomorrow. Both teams are going to be competing early on tomorrow morning. So good luck to them. Cross country. They competed in the Fairgrounds Frenzy, which is still a great name. Last weekend, girls' top finisher was Gracie Portman, finished in 23rd place. Team finished 8th overall. The boys, Peyton Nash led the way with a 3rd place finish. Team finished 4th overall. They're going to be at the Gatorland Inventational at Fillmore Park in Bowling Green tomorrow morning. I'm going to, we'll be near Fillmore Park this evening. I'll go over there and hang up a banner that says, uh, Run fast. Run, forest, run. Do we have a forest on the cross country team? Uh, I would love we have to a have Houston. a Houston. Well, okay, that's good. I like Houston's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll just say, uh, and, I would and, say run, Brooksy run. Well, I know. Right? And you got to get ready because you know what next Saturday is, right? Is it the hillbilly? It's the hillbilly, the hillbilly run. The hillbilly hoedown. The hillbilly run. Oh, I can't wait for it. Hmm. Uh, tomorrow, the Kentucky Wildcats will, um, with the the Kentucky Will Levises <laughs> will host the Tennessee what Tennessee Chattanooga tomorrow. Yeah, the mocks are making the trip to to Lexington. Eleven a.m. kickoff. Uh, listen to it on K one hundred five because if you're not technologically advanced, mm-hmm. you may not got this. You're probably not going to be able to figure out how to watch. Yeah, this. I mean, We're there, just gonna there is be a way, but you. it's uh, it basically if you're looking for it on a traditional television, you're not going to have a long day looking for it. Every SEC team has one of these this week. Try and encourage people to use the online platforms. Uh, do so, I guess. So I will ask you, what will Kentucky do? Will they be the traditional Kentucky that, when they get a breather opponent, treat it like a breather opponent and they don't play well, or will they come out and say we're for real and just run over the moccasins? Yes. Okay. Yes. A little bit of both. Oh, you say a little bit of both. A little okay. bit of both. Can Chris Rodriguez decide that he can hold on to the football? I'm not worried about that. You're not. It happens, you know. Games like that happen. I think the key is, and I know I was listening to Mark Stoops on Monday during his show. He said that he went up to him and said, "Listen, don't like." He doesn't even need to talk to him. It's just like he knows what he needs to do and keep moving and keep on 
keeping on. Do Scott's Tots, do they win tonight hosting Central Florida in Louisville? No. They do not? No. Think Central Florida comes in, gets away from the, gets away with a victory? Well, that's what I hope, and that's what I think will happen because I don't think Louisville is very good this year. So you're you're not being very benevolent about uh, the University of, of Louisville and their program. I've kind of decided it's not any fun to beat up on somebody that, you know, is having a really hard time. So, But you don't feel that way? Do you want them to win? Uh, yes, I still want them to win tomorrow. Wow. Fair enough. I mean, they're not going to, but I, I mean, tonight. We gotta well, get I was just saying you want them to win tomorrow because they're not going to play tomorrow. I see what Come you're doing there. we got more on the way. Hang around. You're running the note. Did you know about 40% of ants in a colony are lazy and spend most of the day just sitting around? That sounds familiar. Four in ten. Really? See what that, see where we went wrong. Sounds like a very accurate. Remember the movie Ants? Yeah. That's what did it. That movie Ants made homo sapiens go well it's good enough for ants it's good enough for me so i'm gonna be just lazy and just sit around so all blame day it on dreamworks doing nothing yes absolutely blame it all blame it all on dreamworks uh quickly about jeopardy because i got this hot story in my hand that i must talk about jeopardy has decided mayim bialik and ken jennings will finish the calendar year so you'll see ken jennings filling in pinch hitting when she can't because of her Call me cat shooting schedule or whatever. And so it will be interesting to see, you know, remember, if you're a Jeopardy watcher, tonight's episode is the fifth and final episode that Mike Richards hosted before they gave him the hook and said, this isn't going to work. And as you heard me say earlier in the week, I think you can see it. I think I can see it in his demeanor and in his face that he was embattled when these were recorded. What I don't know is what they did the following episode. So he was on for those five. So we'll get through tonight's episode. I don't know what to expect on Monday. I've not researched it enough to know who who picks up the torch and runs Monday. Probably Ken Jennings. Because Ken Jennings is usually, because he's on the staff, he's oftentimes just always waiting in the wings and mm-hmm. can step in last minute if someone got sick or whatever. So it's, it's certainly a possibility. Also, just the headline... Um, is Patrick – I'm going to have to defer to our resident Grey's Anatomy expert. Oh, dear. So Patrick Dempsey, <clears throat> mm-hmm. McDreamy, yes. was on the show. Then he was off the show. Then he came back. Yes. Now, is it your understanding he's gone again? Well, he comes back in a dream. Oh, okay. It, it's not like – I mean – He's not back he in died. reality. Okay. Well, apparently so – it's like a, a back – know how to explain that okay well so here's Meredith what i was sick with covid she and it's in her dreams that she sees him here's what i've read she's not going to have any more of those dreams <laughs> because apparently he was a terror or something on the set like he was he was a difficult to work with there's the story you can read really? more about it but it <laughs> sounds like they're they're not even going to write dream sequences into well Grey's I mean, anatomy when i saw the last episode of that i mean i can imagine why they would bring him back to begin with. Yeah. Well, so. so I guess, you know, dream world is always a possibility, but it sounds like now they're not going to let her have any of those dreams. Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart are getting back together again to do a very tasty Halloween special. So, you know, they've always been odd fellows anyway, but they have kind of a neat show. A weird, they have a good chemistry, though. It's a weird, but like it works. One of these days, I'm going to go back and watch on Peacock. I'm going to watch the Kevin Hart. Even though the Olympics are gone, I'm going to have watch the Snoop Dogg, Kevin Hart oh, yeah. uh, Olympic coverage just because it's going to be comedy gold, I will presume. The 2021 Toy Hall of Fame finalists are out. Ooh. I always love it each year. When the finalists are announced for the Toy Hall of Fame, I I would like to work at the Toy Hall of Fame. Where is it? Uh, it is in New York. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, White Plains, where everything of yore comes from. <laughs> Shout out to friends, fans this morning. <laughs> White Plains. Uh, the National Toy Hall of Fame in New York has announced the twelve finalists include American Girl dolls, 
and the board game Battleship. Okay. Okay. They also, it's, by the way, it's in Rochester, for reals. Um, the finalists also include billiards. I don't classify it as a toy, necessarily. I know. It kind of surprised me. Uh-huh. Cabbage Patch Kids. Okay. How is, so this is being nominated this year, how in the world is the Fisher-Price Corn Popper not already oh, in the Toy Hall of Fame? That's what my mom would get any... Any one of her friends who are having their first kid, one hundred percent, would get her one of those. I know. How is it that? The, how well, is it that it's not in there? Because it's funny. Because the next time we went over, it had dog teeth marks on the, <laughs> so the dog would run, would race around the uh, the living room, sure. chasing it, trying to bite it. Mahjong is getting into yeah. the. Well, it's a it's a uh, nominee. Masters of the Universe. Who would like that? Right. Yeah, really, it seemed kind of weird. Like it'd be a really big waste of time. Yeah, I can't imagine you know, anybody being a fan of Masters. <laughs> the pinata, the game Risk, Sand, Sand. <laughs> That's like, the, <laughs> what am I getting for Christmas? We don't have any money. We're going to get you some sand. Just don't let the cat find <laughs> it. It came from the quarry. That's exactly right. The Settlers of Catan? Catan, yeah. yeah okay, I don't know it's what a board that game. is. And a toy fire engine are all nominees into the toy. So, so who gets your vote? Fisher-Price Corn Popper has got to go oh, in. Yeah. I'm not One telling you nine. these others don't deserve to go in, but Fisher-Price Corn Popper must be in the Hall of Fame. It's got to be. we got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the week here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. What thing terrified you as a kid that turns out is actually harmless? I, I talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. Okay. Remember the Rick Pitino cutout that was in the corner? Oh, yeah. Basement, I didn't like that thing. Yeah, well, there were multiple reasons not to like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pitino is not necessarily the... Right, he yeah. looks like Voldemort. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got it. Um, I don't think I was afraid of a whole lot. Yeah? Okay. I mean, Jaws terrified me. All right. Snakes. Did you ever think there was a shark in the deep end of the pool? Like when you were a kid, you think... There could be a shark in the deep so. end of the pool. No, can't, Did, can't what about, say that was me. Do you know any kids that thought if you swallowed a seed, a plant would grow in your belly? <laughs> would, I have was that heard a fear? That, but wouldn't, huh? wouldn't that be something you'd want? I mean, is that a fear? I don't know. I don't know if I'd want like a watermelon <laughs> vine taken over. Listen, I already have so much going on. Yeah, got it. To grow watermelon. What about a murderer hiding hiding right behind the shower curtain? You know anybody that was afraid of that? Psycho, right in that. That's where the inspiration mm-hmm. came from, yeah. Uh, if you didn't think quick, your shoe would get sucked into the escalator, you know, where the where they, well, they meet and they go. If, and, if you wear certain kinds of shoes, that's not necessarily a fear. That can you, actually happen. If you wear your shoes untied, certainly. Uh-huh. Can't get a shoe, but it can get a shoelace. Or uh, wearing Crocs or something. Remember how you were, and, and some of this is just parents getting the drop on kids, that if you turned on a dome light in the car at night, the car would mm-hmm. immediately crash. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. always a good one to, to pull on people. And by the way, it is uncomfortable. Driving like that is very difficult, and it can be unsafe. But if you usually tell the kids, the car will crash if you turn the dome light on. That's then... terrible. <laughs> Was that something your parents told you? No. No. no I, don't, I mean, we knew not to turn the dome light on because you couldn't, you couldn't see. Um, what about your face will get stuck if you keep doing that, whatever it is. Yeah, your face will get stuck like that if you keep on doing it. I've heard that one, yeah. Gum will never leave your stomach. You swallow yeah. gum, mm-hmm. it'll be there forever. Or it could be there like seven years. Yeah, so mm-hmm. ba- yeah. Well, basically forever. Mm-hmm. In a child's mind, seven years yeah, is forever. Yeah, seven years is forever. <laughs> and did uh, there were some kids afraid that ceiling fans would fall on them. That is terrible. You never, you don't know anyone who's afraid of a ceiling fan? No. No. Can't say. Yeah, no, I... I didn't say it was a legitimate fear. I just said some people had it. That's that. By the way, that's what makes them irrational. Is that they don't, they lack ration. Oh, irrational fears are some of them. 
And if you're looking for cause to celebrate here on National Constitution Day, a new poll says 56% of Americans can name all three branches of government, which is a 15-year high. We'll break out the champagne, laudy, laudy. Just barely over half of Americans know the three I, branches of government. I'm shocked it's that high. <clears throat> Me too. I don't know. I, yeah, I think if we walk <laughs> down the street right now. You know the Mandela effect? This uh-huh. might be the Trump effect. <laughs> it might be because of Trump, more people know the three <laughs> branches of government. So, but you, yeah. Oh, but can I pick the street? In, in, in Litchfield? Yes. Can I pick the street? No, you can't pick the one on Kevin Henderson's with Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Henderson's office. Okay. Well, all right. But, well, if you're going to come up with a big long list of streets I can't pick, then that's the equivalent. We're just going to do the whole, you know, stop and whichever street we land on, we're going to go drive. And we're just going to start knocking on houses. You're wanting to do it, Rando? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, Random I'm, yeah. Or we'll just go to go to the mercant. Uh, what what do you Olson's mercantile? Olson's mercantile. And we'll just yeah, stop the first it, five it, people we see. It for sure won't be fifty six percent of that. <laughs> Without a doubt. Today's highlight in history, this date in 1787, the Constitution of the United States was completed and signed by a majority of delegates attending the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. In 1862, more than 3,600 men were killed in the Civil War Battle of Antietam. The likeness of President Lincoln's head was dedicated at Mount Rushmore, this date in 1937. Heather Whitestone of Alabama was crowned the first deaf Miss America this date in 1994. That's cool. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. Birthdays today. Basketball Hall of Famer Phil Jackson is 76. Cassandra Peterson, who played the character Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is 70 today. Paul Figg is 59 today. You all know who Paul Figg is? No. Mr. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, so he's got a role in Bridesmaids and some of the other movies him. that she's in. Actor Kyle Chandler is 56 today. Rapper Dougie Fresh is 55 today, keeping it fresh for nearly 55 years. Constantine Maroulis is 46. Dougie Fresh is getting a little stale by now. Yes? 55? Jimmy Johnson is 46. Yes, that Jimmy Johnson. And NHL forward Alex Ovechkin is 36 today. Gone but not forgotten. David Buick, born this date in 1854. Carmaker, dude. Oh, yeah. J.W. Marriott, 1900. Big fan. Not as big a fan as Conrad Hilton, but I like I like uh, J.W. Marriott. Warren Berger, 1907. Hank Williams, Sr. in 1923. George Blanda in 1927. Some good Gone but not Forgotten's today. There's a healthy list mm-hmm. of them and some some icons in their prospective fields, if you will. Chart toppers. Sam, are you hoping for all country, International Country Music Day, you're hoping for all country music chart toppers? Uh, sh- Listen. No. Hmm. I, thought you, I thought you were about to say sure. You said sh- You sure you weren't about to say sure? Hey, you can say that that's what I was going to say. Okay. 1960, Chubby Checker number one. Listen, I looked for this a hundred times before you go throw on some Alabama or something. With the twist. Ooh. Oh, don't be knocking on Alabama. Yeah. I already played the Kentucky Headhunters today. Yeah, I can at least give them props because they're at least the Kentucky. They're at least you know Kentuckians. Oh, Sam, I've got some more Kentuckians coming up on chart toppers oh, here God. in just a moment. <laughs> just you wait. Tonti Hall or something. Oh, oh, I mean that would be wonderful, but no, not today. 1969, the Archies number one. Honey, honey. Love it. Yeah, see, this is so much better than any country song. The new uh, Rolling Stone has revised the 500 greatest songs of all time. I saw that. And uh, there are no country songs in the top 50, which was a little bit odd that they would announce that on what? International Country Music Day. Listen, you got to I mean, think, listen, you know, what? in the top 50. Ring of Fire, that's the only one I can think of that you could put in there. On Hank Williams Sr.'s birthday, you're willing to speak such blasphemy? <laughs> Goodness gracious, Samuel. Here's some fellow w- Were you happy with the number one? 1978. Aretha? Respect? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right with that. I mean, I think it's so subjective that you could put it in about any order and I'd be all right. Exile, number one. Kiss you all over. Yeah. All right, let's get to the hook. 
Aren't you happy to be fellow Kentuckians with these guys? Till the night closes in. Let's go to 1987. Pulled a live version for you today for a little variety. Whitney number one, didn't we almost have it all? I saw today that there's rumor that Lizzo, you all know Lizzo, uh-huh. may play in the bodyguard, play the Whitney Houston character. And I'm thinking, will people pay to go see that? Like, you know, because you, you can't be fat shaming people and all that stuff. So will people go with the same gusto to see Lizzo? Play that role that Whitney Houston. See, I don't made know. Her as an, I mean, she might be a great actress. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, but it's one. Won't people be conflicted though? Because they're like, well, if I don't go see it, then I'm trying to send a message that I don't like Lizzo because she's, uh, you know, because she's heavy or something like that. So that would be a real. People would be really conflicted. Like, will they do the right thing? I don't know. One of the most famous hooks of all time, 1996, Los Del Rio and the Macarena. Classic. All right. Will Christy Buckles do the Macarena in the next 24 hours? Well, actually, in the next 48 hours. Will the Macarena be at the wedding reception? Oh, please, Lord, I hope not. What about about the chicken dance? I would participate. Two to one odds that it happens. The electric slide? Oh, no. Well, I don't know. What no, about the cha-cha slide? No, no whip, no nay-nay. <laughs> no. I mean, name the slide. Boot scootin' boogie. I don't know. Here it is, International Country Music Day. i got to mention it. 2005, Mariah Carey, number one, was Shake It Off. Okay. It's a little different than Taylor Swift's version. Uh, yes, it is different. Oh, we're and ending then, on this note. And we're going to end just to make the country music fans happy. Seven years ago today, Jason Aldean was number one with Burning It Down. Sorry, can't play Nicki Minaj's Anaconda. Played Megan Trainers All About That Bass. Played Magic Root recently. So, yeah, I mean, Jason Aldean it is. All right, NBC Pearl of Wisdom for today. Uh, locker Room Show at 6.30 across all the platforms. Yes, yep, Sam? Cougars and Eagles. All right. Should be a good game. At Cougar Stadium. NBC Pearl of Wisdom for today. Don't compare your Chapter 1 to someone else's Chapter 20. Don't compare your Chapter 1 to someone else's Chapter 20. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here on Monday for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.